Gamble. You've got a secret bonus point. Hello and welcome to Dynamite Nebby. It's the Retro Games Podcast where a couple of old pals get together and talk about a couple of old games. The voice you're hearing just now is myself, Mick Clockerty. Joining me as always, we have Mr Andy Mack. Kenichiwa. And a late sub, one of our revolving cast of fifth Beatles, we've got Mr Leo Glaster. Good evening. <laughs> as a callback in it I'm sure you've done that before I think I did it last time as well I think at any time I've been on I've suddenly realised as you're doing the intro that I've not thought of a fun thing to say and I always just do Homer Simpson at the beginning of that Treehouse of Horrors <laughs> well you might be wondering listener where's my fucking Fitbit special and you'd be right to ask long and short of it is we've buzzed up our scheduling somewhat again so we're in, we've got your back though, we've got you with a late September banger, we are doing a bit of a concept episode today, where, right Leo, Andy, just imagine the pub of your dreams, right, in fact, let's get into that first, this can be our intro bump, Andy, we'll start with you, what would your ideal pub look like, for starters, describe it to us. And it's... Some, it would look like something like where there's um, a pod race going on, um, sort of <laughs> in the stands of the, the, the pod race spectators, but it would have a wee guy called Craig in it that gets right. you going to do a fetch quest for him. So your your pub is li- your ideal pub is literally just for the Star Wars Episode One PlayStation game? Oh, funny <laughs> you say that, I, I, I suppose so, I suppose so. <laughs> No, fair enough. Um, drinking in a, a space cantina, I suppose, is a, a valid dream to have. I was more meaning, you know, in the realms of reality. Oh, would you right. have, would you Would you have sports in the telly? Would there be a juke? Have you got pool tables? What sort of drafties we got on offer? I like about a, I like about everything. To be honest, um, do you know what? I'm going to come right out with it. I prefer a pub with hoop music, right? Yep, me too. And I like a pub where they've got. I mean, it's, it's difficult to, to watch a game these days. Um, you've got to kind of target your options because games come on BT Sports, um, Sky Sports and all that. So preferably you want your pub to have everything, um, a BT Sports, Sky Sports and via play subscription so you can watch everything, man. Also, um, a pool table is, yeah. is good. Um, I want tenants on draft. I don't want you to kid on your upmarket by patching tenants. And, or I'll serve me a can of tenants for the same price as a pint. Nah. Um, and also, also, if possible, and I mean this is um, this is a kind of pushing it, but a wee bit is outside, you know, when the sun's out, man. You, Hi, you, a, a beer garden's a valid request, I think, especially with global warming. We're going to need to adapt. Aye, <laughs> aye, and I, I think that's pretty much it. No asking for much, man. Oh, pints under a um, if, if possible, a pint for under three quid. Mate, this is this is fantasy bar. You can have three pints. Right. Um, right. I'll try, this, is a, this bar would be called Bar Pragmatic or something because I'm just trying to go within the realms of what, what we get in Greenock essentially right? if you're lucky you get a point for, for less than £3 these days but you still get them Aye, all bank bar 250 or whatever the fuck it's called now Aye. don't want to give them free advertising so I'll just know, look up the name Leo, let's, let's bring you in what's your ideal pub looking like? 100% snugs Ooh. Just snugs all, snugs all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would. I think it probably would be quite compartmentalised. Aye, because there's lots of different types of pubs that I enjoy, and they don't all mingle that well. 
if this if I'm imagining that this is a pub that I'm going to be spending a lot of time in rather than just going at certain moments, so it would have like a, a stage. It would have music. It would be dog friendly, and it would have snugs. It would have board games. It would have a probably a PlayStation One Ooh. and a TV in one corner of it. Um, it would have TVs, but they would only show Marbles events. Right, I like this. Yeah, um, and maybe they do put a bo- the boxing on occasionally. Right, um, interesting. Because you were going full hipster there, quirky, and then at the end the boxing. Yeah, exactly. And also, there, yeah, it'd be a bl- well. This is what I mean as well, because it would there would be a stage for music, but it would be mostly like blues, aye, and like kind of acousticy stuff. So like, it, it would be. I think it would cater to lots of different tastes. How well it would cater to them all at the same time is sort of debatable. So I guess in my dream, there's no like forced compartmentalization, but everybody just sort of hangs about in the bit that they like. Aye. No, I get it. I like it. I've, I've got a bit of compartmentalism in mine as well. Classic bar and lounge setup. So it's going to be an all pub, but the lounge isn't for like ladies to sit in the way it was back in the day. The bar is going to be a bit of a minging old man pub, right? Maybe even for mica tables, uh, horse racing on the telly, bar staff that act like they couldn't give a fuck whether you were there or not. All men spitting in the flare with like wooden legs and that, right? <laughs> a bit a bit rough, but pour you a fucking immaculate pint. You've got your Guinness, you've got your Beamish, you've got your Murphys, all hangs to the stout drinkers, right? you got that there. Show the fit ban that as well. That's the bar. You go into the lounge, things take a turn for the different. In the lounge, we've got a pinball machine. We might even have, I don't know, an old Street Fighter 2 or something there. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, things are maybe a wee bit more quirky. They have virtual cult on. film nights and things. Fuck it, a virtual on, I why not? <laughs> uh, we can have anything we want. And crucially, in both the bar and the lounge, Sahara Nuts Machine, the ultimate pub snack <laughs> beautiful yeah that, that is very good and, and, and it's made me realize all sorts of other things that that would be missing from my it's a very difficult game this yeah and we i, I don't know why i kicked off with this because we've prepared <laughs> for the other stuff but we didn't prepare for this <laughs> <laughs> right i should explain the concept of this episode listener we in recent times we've been gaining a bit of love to sega it's the old favourite, it's the first love. We did that weird episode where me and Andy talked about Sonic Adventure 2, and we did our Sonic showdown at the Westburn, where Mama Robotnik was, was crowned victorious after a bloodbath. So today, for our for this kind of wee, for this wee extra special episode, we're going to give you what we're calling the Nintendo lock-in, where me, Andy and Leo have gone away, and we've come up with a list of five first-party Nintendo characters that we would most like to go for a pint with. I've also got a list of five for McCormick. I can read it at the end as well, just so he's just so he's with us in spirit. Aye, that's the that's the concept for the episode. Do we have any questions, any stewards' inquiries before we begin on what we're allowed here? I have, I have a correction I want to make. All right, okay. <laughs> no, it's got nothing to do with the game. I've just I've just realised my brain's been taken over, and the eagerly had listener might have noticed that the way I said good evening at the beginning of this was not based on Homer Simpson at the beginning of an episode of Treehouse of Horror, but was actually the way that the skeleton guy greets you at the Crypt Casino in the game Nino Cooney. Ah, right. right. Uh, and I just I just remembered that that's, 
that he goes good evening like that anyway but I, did, I just wanted to just in case anybody was listening and they were frustrated by me uh, misrepresenting the Simpsons. So I just wanted to make sure that was cleared up. It's a, a deep cut there, but I'm sure the Nino Cooney heads in the audience will appreciate it very much. Quite a few <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, McCormick liked Nino Cooney. I think he played through it on the PS3. It's a very good um, game. Aye, it's the. Did you know the that your weekend a Pikachu, your companion guy in that, is voiced by Dave's coaches, Faye, Gavin, and Stacey? I did know that, or at least I did <laughs> at one time know that. I had forgotten, but it, it's a good fact. Aye. Right, we're going to dive in here, and do you know what? I'll kick us off, right? I, when I've been assembling my five picks here, so we're going to do our usual, actually, just to explain. We'll go one 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 until we've done all five, rather than doing all five at once. I've gone for... A bit of a balanced party, to kind of use RPG terms here. I've kind of got people that might complement each other, or a wee bit of contrast to just make for a better night out. So I've got your various pub archetypes covered. I've got a music kid. I've got a pint man. I've got a patter merchant. I've got a, a know-it-all. All your usual types of characters, right? I've tried to get good representation for everything. My number five that I'm coming in with here, Andy, you'll be pleased to know... Is from one of your, your most beloved systems of all time, the N64. I've got Kazooie for Banjo-Kazooie. Yes! <laughs> Kazooie is like a... She's a red kind of bird thing that lives in Banjo's backpack. And she's kind of the, the player character, I suppose. You control them both. You, you can use Kazooie to like hover and shoot eggs. Uh, Andy, were you much of a Banjo-Kazooie fan? It's one of the ones where I had a shot at doing again, but I never really get tore into it too much. I did like, um, when I went Banjo-Kazooie, I liked to hold in the button where you could go upside down and control Kazooie, but... Aye, you run about as Kazooie because it's Aye. faster and she makes a funny noise. It's like... Aye. The reason I've picked Kazooie is because she's always slagging fuck out of cunts. She's calling all the wee characters you meet, like Bozo, Four Eyes, stuff like that. She, <laughs> she, she, she bullies that wee mole guy that pops up and tries to give you the tutorials. You might ask, why would you want to drink with somebody who's a bit of a bully like that? But what I would say is, Kazooie can take it as well as she gives it. Somebody gives Kazooie back a bit of a slagging, she takes it in good form. So that's why Kazooie gets an invite to the pub. For me, she is a patter merchant. I'm bringing, I'm bringing Kazooie along. Andy, why don't we go to your cell next? Who's your number five? My number five is Yoshi. Now, ah. I'm not talking about the, the character Yoshi, the dinosaur, the, the singular dinosaur. I'm talking more like the conceptual Yoshi. The, the bipedals. <laughs> Aye, the species. The species of bipedal sapient dinosaurs. <laughs> so when you when you go out for a pint with Yoshi, do you mean that all Yoshis are going to be present? They're going to be Aye. present within the one Yoshi? Or explain this to me a bit. Aye, so well, they're going to be present. Obviously, it's this kind of... There's a semantics at play. It's like when you talk about Yoshi... Automatically, you want your mind kind of tries to find the easiest route to logic and thinks of just the one dinosaur, but no, that's that's not reflective of reality and the canon. Yoshi no. is, in fact, many, like Legion. Aye. So, I want to cut about with loads of them. Uh, well, sorry, I want to cut about with, with one that we would um, say 
loads, there's loads of them, but there's no actually, there's only one eye. I, I, I obviously want to smoke a lot of hash with them as well when I'm talking about this. But you're, so there's going to just be one <laughs> Yoshi there physically, but this one Yoshi will have the collective knowledge and experience of all Yoshi. It's or a conduit for Yoshi kind. Aye, or are, are you bringing like 3,000 Yoshis to the pub? Are you packing out like the whole beer garden with Yoshis? Aye, if you're talking about is there going to be like one body there? No. Aye. There's going to be billions. Right, okay. But, but there's only going to be one Yoshi. There's only one thing. Just because it's got the same body and it's the same dinosaur structure doesn't mean it's any different for like another. It's kind of like, um, we're going into like real Marxist stuff here. A sort of clone army of Yoshis. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I basically ugh, listen when I'm when I'm when I'm stoned right and um, when I was younger and I used to get stoned I used to sit and think about things like this and I was thinking at some point I'm going to get munchies and Yoshi's have the ability to make their own eggs so you can get a scran as well as a conceptual chat you know. Do you think Yoshi would be happy? But you also like not to get too gross about it, but the eggs you eat are near like baby chickens. You realise that? Do you think? <laughs> Aye, but that's the thing about eggs. You can eat any egg. Like, see, so long as you get it when it's a yolk, it's just protein. So, you mean, you could, you could, you could easily just... Do you know, this is why it's my number five, because I've not fully thought about it. <laughs> Do you think he would be happy with you scranning his eggs? Or, sorry, they, because it's, it's, it's all, all your shape. Yeah. Yeah. Aye, well, uh, do you know what, um... They don't really see reproduction the way we see it. I mean, they reproduce by something called pathogenesis, which means that they don't need any mates to, to reproduce and they can just eat spontaneously. They can make as many eggs as they want. So I suppose just to like, feed a hungry, hungry stranger, they'd probably just throw a few eggs my way. To be fair, right, Yoshi has got form for... Like, if you play any Mario game... Yoshi's shiting out eggs constantly for like yeah, no pretty, reason. He's pretty laissez fair about them. Like he doesn't seem particularly precious. Throws them at people in Smash Brothers and things like that. You're like, yeah, you could eat Yoshi's eggs and not offend them, I'm sure. Yeah. Aye. He's also one of the better um more rounded sorry, they are we'll just say Yoshi. Yoshi is one of the more kind of, <laughs> um rounded uh, characters in um Mario Kart series. And in, in terms of the design of the classic bunch of Mario characters. Yoshi is very likeable. Pretty easy to see Yoshi as the soundest amongst like the the group there. I know a lot of people who will play as Yoshi in your Mario Karts, your Mario Party or whatever. They're also good chanters. But, sorry, it's also good to chanter because <laughs> um, there's a game called uh, Yoshi Story, which I'm Aye. getting most of us low fee that I'm talking Aye. about today comes to that. And uh, there's this cracking tune, and I'm not even going to attempt to sing it because right. it's um, you know, in songs on Donkey Kong Country, yes, it's that, and it kind of sounds like a chorus of monkeys like, like singing, clapping their horns. Aye, the day that, but it's um, kind of a mere like, mer- like a spacey vibe, man, kind of lullaby, spacey Yoshi so vibe. They're, they're going to have like a weird Yoshi gospel on the go as well. I've seen good tunes, good scran, multicoloured and conceptual intellectual kind of pseudo scientific chat. Andy, I'll give you that one. That's a good pick. <laughs> but uh, Leo, let's let's come in with your uh, number five here. Okay, so my number five is probably the most low key pick um, right. that I've got, and it's a, probably a bit unconventional, but it's based 
loosely on personal experience. Uh, my first pick is Wispy Woods, the tree boss from the Kirby games. Yeah, I know him well. Um, he's just a big oak tree. Um, he can like spit out acorns. He's not super mobile. He just sort of hangs out. But he's been a a, a perennial feature of the core Kirby games. He's probably the boss that's Aye. recurred the most times in the Kirby games, except maybe DDD. He's, he's usually the first boss. Normally, yeah, saying? he's pretty yeah. early on on the whole. I like thing. him. I like him. I do like him. He reminds Aye. me of something similar for Final Fantasy Day. I think they've got a tree as well with a face. X Death, maybe. Aye, but I like I like this one better. Or the the great the great Deku tree in Zelda, I think. Aye, Leo is Wispy Woods a malevolent force, or is he only annoyed because Kirby's like fell into his stage and he's generally, like, "Who are you?" Like, yeah, he's, he's... Generally, he's bothered by people trying to cut him down. Right, um, and I think quite a lot of the time, King King DDD or his minions are are in the process of trying to cut down his woods, um, and so he's just generally angry. And I think he just treats anybody that comes at him as hostile in that situation. Aye. But the rest of the time, he to me he seems pretty chilled out. And if you've ever spent any time in the Clutha Bar, the new Clutha Bar uh, in Glasgow since it was rebuilt, you'll know that sitting in a pub with a tree going up through the middle of it is is just generally enhances the whole experience of, of drinking <laughs> in a pub. So I, yeah. think, I think having Wispy Woods there would be quite nice. And if the the tree could talk, maybe drop you down the wee odd apple in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, he spits out these things that I assume are acorns, but perhaps they're so they could serve as some kind of rudimentary snack. If, you know, the bar queue was too long or they'd run out of crisps or something. But you could stash a couple of packets of peanuts up there. Oh, then sure. it could just you get could a wee wiggle. You could of stuff, actually, with it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm having that. Good picks so far. Leo, come in and engage your four as well. Okay, so my four um, is a little bit of a different vibe. I actually, it's hard to choose what order to do these in, but I'm you can, say... you can You can just say that they're no particular order, by the way. You don't necessarily need to rank them in preference if you're... Aye, but some of them are more fun to talk about than others, so I'm trying to right, sort okay. of like... <laughs> uh, I think my number four, I'm going to say, is Slippy Toad from Star Fox. Oh, you're talking Andy's oh, language now. yes. So I, w- I knew I was going to get a, a Star Fox guy in, and I'd spent a while trying to pick who it was going to be. I'm, I've always been quite drawn to Leon Powalski, the evil chameleon on Aye. Team Aye. Star Wolf. Um, but I was doing a bit of a reading on him today, and his most defining personality characteristic seems to be that he really loves torturing cunts so, <laughs> <laughs> the, the vibes would be terrible even though canonically he is the only character who in in the storyline of the game has definitely been in a bar because mm. um, that's where team star wolf recruit him uh, is in like a shady bar somewhere but i decided to go for slippy uh, in the end because i feel like slippy is of the team star fox members he's the least kind of militaristic he he's an engineer and he's a he's a builder and he's not he's not that great of a pilot and he cares a lot about the mission and helping Corneria and stuff but he's much less he's not like kind of peppy he's like a kind of old soldier or um, yeah you know, or Falco who's kind of very sort of performance driven Slippy seems a bit more excitable a bit more fun loving I reckon he'd be your man for any kind of trivia event. He's pretty smart. He knows a lot. Great, great addition for a pub quiz. Do you know what I mean? The, you, you like a lot of the pub. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I think I think he'd be he'd be the kind of pub quiz champion. The only thing uh, is, I'd like to strangle him before they builds the 
the submarine. <laughs> I'd like to live him up to that just before he gets the idea for that point. <laughs> Maybe we can get him drunk enough that he never he, he loses the brain blueprints. I I notice in some online sections some hate for Slippy, which I've never understood. Falco, I get it. Falco yeah. is a piece of shit, and I hate him. But I've always quite liked Slippy. I think when I was younger, Peppy was always my favourite. When I was younger, for reasons that I, I can't explain, but I. I think when I was younger, I found Slippy a bit annoying. As I've grown older, I've definitely warmed to him, and I actually, I actually think Slippy's really good now. Do you know Slippy's the guy? Remember the nineties, um, all kind of nineties films where there was all like Goonies or the Sandlot kids, but there was like a fat kid. Yeah, aye. He's a fat kid, isn't he? Like, there's always somebody a wee bit useless in these aye. things that's tagging along. Slippy, you need to help him a couple of times, like. Get get these does, these guys are on my tail. Yeah, he's just getting chased, thing. and you have to yeah. you have to help them. He's also actually what on what you were saying about uh, Kazooie being good at, uh, at power. I don't know how good Slippy is at giving it out, but I know that he's not afraid to have a laugh at himself because he's constantly having the piss ripped out of him in the in the Star Fox games for just for being a shit pilot. Yeah, and he never lets it bother him. He just takes it all in his stride. So I reckon if you get a few drinks into him, he'd he'd start. He's had he's taken enough insults in his in his time that I reckon if he if he got drunk enough that the filter came down I think he'd have some absolute crackers that he's been Aye. working on in his in his head and he, he takes it in good humour he's not going to get him in a huff do you know oh, what no, I mean spoil yeah. his night like I no I'll give you that Slippy's a good one I don't say you're messing me aye and also he's kind of like the the autocon of the the whole Star Fox team which is um you know, Leo's kind of video game doppelganger. There, it's fascinating so. that you say that because in uh, Super Smash Brothers, the one that Snake is in, if Aye. Slippy, if Slippy is, I can't remember if he's part. He's not a character, but he's maybe part of a stage or he's an assist or something. But uh, if Snake loses in a certain con- under certain conditions in Smash Brothers, Slippy will go Snake, 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 at him. <laughs> uh, which lets me know that Slippy. Yeah, is a big nerd and likes and knows about Metal Gear Solid, which is obviously going to be great chat. Aye, aye, loves it. Aye. Andy, give your number four. Aye, I'm just going to do it. So this one is from Punch-Out for the NES. Right. And it's one of the few, maybe the only instance where the character is um, somebody in real life. Okay. So um, (laughs) I picked Mike Tyson for this one. And the reason is, we're not going to mention his misgiving rate. Right. I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk more about his um, achievements and why I would like to go to a pub him. You're a boxing fan? Aye, I love boxing, right? And I've watched all his fights from the, I think it was 1983, when he's his first world title, all the way through the 80s when he was like the biggest thing in the world, biggest sportsman in the world, never got a minute's peace because of the whole the pressure on top of him. I think he had a few mental health issues as well, but... For 1986, when he first won against Trevor Berbick when he was like 20, and he held the title right up until like 1990, man, so all the way through his late 80s, and he got beat off a guy called Buster Douglas. And Buster Douglas was a pure, they call it in boxing, a jobber. Aye. A sure thing. You remember in Rocky 3 when uh, Mickey kind of gives a revelation to Rocky that he's been fighting bums essentially, hand picked opponents? Buster Douglas is... They was good fighters, Rock, but they wasn't killers like aye. this guy. Aye, aye, exactly. So, aye, there was loads of... There was loads going about, like, Frank Bruno and, Bruno and Evander Holyfield and all that were going about. But, Buster Douglas, 
was just a pure jobber. But the, the night before, or when I think it was a week of the fight, Buster Douglas's mum died, right? Uh, and Buster Douglas's uncle sat him down and says, you got to fucking go and do this guy for your mother. Your mother's so ghost will never rest until <laughs> unless you go in there and you smash fuck a fucking uh, Mike Tyson. And he went in in 10th round, knocked him clean out, man. It was his first ever loss. An emphatic knockout to Buster Douglas. Buster Douglas became like, the, the biggest boxer in the world and he was just this pure shite guy. He beat his next fight. <laughs> I fucking... After that, Mike Tyson went in a pure downward spiral, man. And what a legal issues. And then come back um, after coming out of jail, won a heavyweight title against Frank Bruno. Um, and then eventually... It all ended in disaster when they went a bit mental and bit of Vander Holyfield's ear off. Now, how could you not go for a fight with that guy? <laughs> Do you know, when you, you see him in chat shows and things like that, he's quite good at holding court. He's got that funny, kind of soft-spoken wee voice. I, I'm not a, the biggest boxing fan, to, truth be told, but if I was at the boozer and fucking Mike Tyson was there, and it was like, you want to go over and sit with Mike Tyson, he's telling stories about his career, fucking of course you would, you'd be hanging on his every word. You'd Aye. want to talk to him about Hitman 3 at least. He was, uh, <laughs> he does seem to have chilled out a lot as well as, a, as an older man. Whenever I see things about him now, he's, he's he has always had that kind of soft-spoken but, but he does seem a lot kind of just generally a lot calmer and I'll, chiller of a person these days. I'll, I would like to ask him about uh, a Lewis Avarese fight. Um, basically, he sold out Hamden Park, 54,000 tickets in like, 36 seconds. And he's either fighting um, Lennox Lewis for the titles, which he did two years later. He's, he treated this as a sort of warm-up occasion. Um, and Lewis Avarese hadn't won a fight in about um, like four years or something. And Mike Tyson walked into a hero's welcome in Glasgow, Hamden Park, home of Scottish football. Um, his horns up in the air, man. He got wheeled in. He was a fucking toasty the nation. And he went in and knocked his feet off. He fought the guy at Owens Blue Lagoon. No, guy, guy. He knocked him out in 36, 38 seconds. And that was it. <laughs> These people had paid like, upwards of like, 200, 250 quid a ticket and that to get good seats. And at the time, that was big money. And Tyson just came in, didn't even put on a show, just went in, absolutely flared the guy and walked back out again. Left the same night to go back with his big bag of money. <laughs> to, to bring it back round to video games somewhat, have you ever played the version with Mike Tyson in it, or have you only played the one where it's Mr. Dream? Well, no. I've played, um, in, a, in a way, I've played the old one. Do you remember we were talking about WarioWare? Aye. So I've played the, the excerpts of... Oh, there's a mini-game where you fight Tyson and WarioWare, and not Aye, aye. Ah, right. So I've had a shot of that. That was... Well, that I was going to ask, in terms of the rules of this game, I I don't know how... I imagine we're not playing it by these rules because it probably makes it less fun, but are we, are we bringing Mike Tyson or are we bringing Mike Tyson from oh. Mike Tyson's Punch-Out? You're bringing... Mike you're, Tyson in 1987... <laughs> You're bringing 1987, Mike Tyson. Right. That's a good point, that's, Leo. That's the height. That's he's the height. He's going to be pixelated. He's just so 1987. He's just fought Tony Tucker. Who is the Tommy Gunn for Rocky Five? Ah, right, okay. Aye, but it, it, all we need to know is he was a the undisputed champion, held off three versions of the title at the time, um, and he would have just been. It would have been like um, all the boxers were getting it at the time. Evander Holyfield got it as well, didn't he? Famously, Aye. Aye. and. Um, Aye. 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 
So, ah, I, I reckon this is just like pure. Tyson turned up to 11 then. Um, and this would have been like a Tyson that just. You would have said. You would, it'd be hard to have a paint him at this point because he's just. Machismo and oozing fucking chaos and rage, you know what I mean? Ah. But um, you might get him on a good day, I suppose. And you do get him, him punching machines and pubs now again, so you do. So you can maybe get a wee game of that. I might tickle him a bit. Right. I'm going to come in with my number four and to, to counteract the somewhat violent vibes for Mike Tyson. I'm going to go in a different direction, right? Mm-hmm. My number four pick is KK Slider from Ooh. Animal Crossing. Yeah. Um, music Heed. If anybody hasn't played Animal Crossing, KK Slider is a Jack Russell. He appears in your tune every Saturday. He just plays a wee acoustic set. Google a fucking picture of KK Slider and tell me if you if you want to go for a pint with him because the vibes are fucking immaculate. It looks so class. You like a you like a music heed at the pub. KK is going to go up. He's going to put on tunes and a juke that you forgot existed, but you fucking it's exactly what you wanted to hear in that minute. He's going to know all your fucking music trivia, and he brings his acoustic guitar everywhere he goes. So when everybody gets a wee bit pushed, I'm sure you could teach KK a couple of the rebs. I was going to say, I, there, <laughs> absolutely no doubt in my mind that in in this situation, whether you knew it or not, whether anybody else knew it or not, KK actually has a gig in the pub that you're singing in, and he's probably sorted you all out drinks and, uh, and comps and stuff. Yeah, he's a good he's a good pick. He's a good he's a good life to have around. And then he goes up to the stage, gives you a wee wank, and starts playing "Come Out Your Black and Tans." Exactly. Well, he knows every <laughs> genre. He's always got a song in every genre, so there's surely Aye. a KK rib. Uh, <laughs> in the in the back catalogue somewhere. I'm sure there's an AI program now because there was a a TikTok video where somebody has used an AI program to make Homer Simpson sing all the different rebel songs, which is which is very strange and funny. But I'm wondering, could you get a KK Slider version of that? Well, it would probably be easier because he he sings in Animal Crossing language, aye, uh, which is a real language as it turns out. It does the the, the sounds do directly correspond to to English words, but uh, you could probably kind of mangle something out <laughs> I, I, well, I would assume if I'm at the pub with KK Slider he makes his mad wee beep, 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 noises and I get a speech bubble that just says I'll have a vodka and coke that's what I've always imagined yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unless it doesn't work when he's outside of Animal Crossing so he has to just carry like a whiteboard shaped like a speech bubble and a marker around with him see Animal Crossing always Aye. kind of blew my mind right it was a game where you could only do so much like you could only play so much then a game told you name here wasn't it turn it off now uh, I don't think so no well, that's it never always stops you from playing it does it, things happen in real time so there'll be stuff like you in the more in the most recent one you're kind of building the town from scratch a little bit and it will you'll set up a building and it's like right this won't be done for the next two days so you have to and do something else until it's until it's done, but there's usually stuff you can do everywhere. Ah, you've got this wee mole guy called Resetti, and he shouts at you if you reset the game without like saving it and shutting the console <laughs> down properly. Yeah, he gets mad you, at you. You might be thinking of Resetti, by the way, would be the opposite of good crack at the pub. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a nightmare. He's irritable. He's a jobs worth. Absolutely fuck him. If I seen him, I would go somewhere else. I always get mixed up, right, with Harvest Moon. Aye. M2 so, games always seem like Nintendo sat down and went, oh, I want to make Dark Side Demon or something. 
like kind of laid back lifestyle sims i would say harvest moon focuses a lot more on being a vaguely kind of agricultural capitalism sim the goal of harvest moon is to make money build a better farm the goal of animal crossing i you make money in it and you build better houses and stuff but it's more just kicking about vibes having a cute wee tune that you visit you know yeah it's really just yeah life is, is kind of a life sim there's i mean there's the you know there's a it's geared towards accumulating things but the things that you're accumulating are always just decorations and stuff and nice furniture you pick the things that have value in you exactly see yeah. there's different things in the game you can collect you might be mad into collecting different fossils then in the museum you could put them together and make dinosaurs. You might not give a fuck about that. You could collect insects instead. Sorry, any combat, any combat, any fighting? Nah. No, no, God no. no. You can the, shoot, furthest, you can... the furthest thing from. Yeah, one of the most peaceful games there is. You can shoot balloons with a with a slingshot to get presents yeah. out of them. No. Nah. And some of the villagers do. In, certainly in the older games, some of the villagers can be quite uh, antagonistic. Yeah, but but no, no, no violent, no combat or actual violence at no, all. Well, oh, you, you can you can bully them till they decide to move. Anyway, not not that I've ever done that. <laughs> right, gents, I'm going to come in with my number three as well. I'm going to go back to back here. This one might surprise you. We've got Cred for Super Metroid. Hey, is he the big? He's the big dragon thing. Cred is an obese dinosaur boss who lives on Brinstar. Aye, and I know what you're thinking. Vibes are going to be miles off. He's he's smelly. He's disgusting. He's a big evil monster, right? But what I'll say to you is, look at his belly, right? That's a man that loves pints. You look look at Craig and tell me he doesn't love pints. It, it, <laughs> it looks weird without a pint in his hand, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> no, he's good. He's good. You know, he's going to know where does the best pint of Guinness in the solar system. I'm I'm always trying to find a pint of Murphy's. Craig would be like, "I mate, you get Murphy's in the Gamma Quadrant. I'll fucking take it up." Up, he would exactly <laughs> where to go. I'm, I'm with you. I, I love I love Craig, man, and I think he'd be decent banter at a pub. Oh, he looks like a good laugh. Yeah, he looks like um, I'm not going to mention any names, obviously, but he looks like <laughs> one name cunts that might not be able to handle their their ale. Uh, he might just end up wrecking the house. Well, I, th- I think he can. I, I think Craig looks like he can drink for days. The belly on him. Mm-hmm. I, I I get a wee smirk on every time I see him because I can't <laughs> no picture him just skulling pints. Now. I would definitely I, with I, a, I, I, see with pints. I'd be absolutely fine. The, once he gets up and he comes back with a half after he's yeah. already had a few pints, I'd start getting a bit worried. Game Aye. over. Aye. I mean, his horns are quite but, um, dynamic as well. I'd be scared in case he try to fill my bum in the toilet or something. I like that he kind of rests his hands on his belly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good look. He looks like he's got a good laugh as well. Yeah. The way he Aye. opens his mouth, he looks like he'd, he'd, be, he'd have one of those laughs that makes you laugh just because just he's laughing. It's <laughs> a pity it's not the early 2000s because that spiky hair dude would have been all the rage in a pub. Aye. Whereas in the 90s, it just looked ridiculous, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, I don't know how you're going to fit him in a pub because he's like two screens tall on Metroid. He's like the biggest thing in the game. You need to take him to the last post with those two flares. Aye. Maybe some, <laughs> just a pub with a big roof. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sit in the beer garden. It depends what time of day it is because if, if, if we're in the, you know, the afternoon or kind of early evening, we could be out in the beer garden. 
he'd be drinking beer by the barrel. You'd have to climb up fucking wispy wood and pour packets of pork scratchings into his mouth. Right, Mr. Glaster, come in and gauge your number three. I shall. I'm going to ask if we can pause for a quick second because I'm going to just go to the loo and grab myself another beer. Yep, I'm going to grab myself a beer as well. What a great idea. <laughs> Yes, so my number three, interestingly, both of you have now mentioned characters from a game that I also have a character from, so I'm, I'm trying to, I was trying to think which one I'm going to do next. I'm going to go with Isabel from Animal Crossing. Oh. Mm. So, again, more Animal Crossing stuff for anybody that might not know. Isabel is a recurring character, has been in all of the games. She is a yellow dog who has, depending on the game, has various positions of sort of importance or influence through the through the games. She she's a bootstrapper, I believe, when you first get introduced to Isabel in a game, she's a secretary by the current game or whatever. Is she not like the mayor or something like that? She's so, she's someone very important. She's she's I think she actually is in charge. I think Tom Nook, who is traditionally the boss of, of wherever you live in Animal Crossing, is just in charge of building and construction in the new one. And I think Isabel is actually the sort of um, coordinator of the of the islands that you live on. Tam Nook, what a piece of shit. I know. By absolutely. The way. <laughs> see, see during see during like a storm or whatever, a snowstorm. Tom Nook would be out buying up all the breed and the milk and then selling it at markup prices. That's fucking Tam Nook for you. Con- uh, by contrast, uh, Isabel has already stocked up on all the bread and milk and is organising, getting it spread out to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> that, that needs it around the, around the town. Isabel is, like everyone in Animal Crossing, or like almost everyone in Animal Crossing, is a very nice, friendly little animal who talks to you in uh, jolly tones and gives you advice about things that you can do. But there's a certain... And I don't... Some of this is canon, and some of it, I think, is fanon, just sort of inferred from the way that she speaks. But more than any other character who generally there's quite a kind of sort of childish sense to the way that a lot of characters communicate in Animal Crossing. The whole game has this sort of childlike sense of wonder. There's something about Isabel that's just a little bit more grown up uh, and a little bit more kind of wry and and she just seems to kind of get things a bit more than everybody else. Well, fucking everybody else is kind of just walking about in a daze going... I saw a spider the other day. Do you like my new wallpaper? <laughs> yeah. Whereas, whereas Isabel's got a day like fucking civics and road she planning. Yeah, she, and she's she's got that. a lot of people working. So she's in charge. She's basically in charge of everyone's every aspect of everyone's life. But in the in the the newest one, New Horizons, she does. She spends most of her time now kicking back in quite a relaxed pose behind a desk in her office sipping from uh, an unspecified but quite brightly coloured drink and she just she just really has the vibe of someone that if she were in the right situation she'd really know how to party right so you're talking about this era of Isabel where she seems to be in her kind of margaritaville phase well yeah exactly and like she's been in she's been in you know she's in Mario Kart she's in Smash like she knows, she knows how to fight she knows how to drive there was a weird fan video that came out in 2020, when Doom Eternal and Animal Crossing New Horizons were dropping on the same day, where Isabel and Doom Slayer were both ripping and tearing together, 
and it was yeah. it was so plausible that I actually had to go and remind myself today whether it was a fan video or not. There's there's a series of comics where Isabel and the guy for Doom are best pals. Like mm. they'll be killing demons in one panel, and then she'll take them fishing. Yeah, you know, all like Animal Crossing, <laughs> and and I, and I believe it's true oh, because absolutely. the comics are good. Yeah, I think I think she's one of those people who just without batting an eyelid can just talk anyone down from anything. I don't, I don't think there's ever any trouble around her. She's also knows quite a lot of influential people, and I reckon she could get really good gear. She could, she she'd get access to good gear. We've <laughs> also gone for a kind of a pub diplomat, where yes. if anything was going to kick off, she's calming it down. She, yeah, exactly. Just very, very, very politely. Not not quite the kind of like I don't want to I don't want to be reductive and say she's like the mum character because it's slightly more than that. She's just a kind of a, a, a commanding but calming presence. Around, around everyone and i just think she'd be a good laugh also she handles like everyone's bit all of everyone's business so if you're into gossip she she'd know everything there is to to bitch about everyone it's always fun to talk shit <laughs> is she want to make sure everybody gets up the road before she gets aiming that oh uh, yeah absolutely yeah give you a wee phone or that when you're in yet <laughs> <laughs> andy give your number three Right, okay. So we're getting to. I'll, I'll go in with this one first. Who do you think it is? Right, I'll give you a clue. So it's the only sort of acceptable um, German antagonist with a tash. These days. <laughs> Kaiser Wilhelm? I don't know. <laughs> no. Bismarck? Um, well, no. You've got the, the antithesis to, to Mario. Who is um, oh, we, Wario? Uh, Wario do, do we know that he's German, or do we all just have we all just decided? <laughs> well, there is um, voice. I mean, it's Charles Martinet, Martinet, right. who Aye. does the voice of Mario, who does Wario's voice, and he has done German lines before. Right, that just sounds like fucking he cocaine. He, he audibly <laughs> says quite a quite an unnerving German line in uh, one or other of the Wario, Mario Kart games, sorry. The, uh, I think it's the one on the Wii. And I, I went back and listened to it over and over again because I was determined to, to hear it as something other than what it is. Aye. Well, there's a couple of games. I think uh, Mario Kart 64 and the Mario Party series, he's actually voiced by somebody else. A he said that he speeds past the finish line and goes like... Deutschland über alles or something. He says when you, when you select him in Mario Kart Wii, he says, "See Kyle." <laughs> <laughs> no, but he says things like "so so en mist, so ein mist," and ah. that means like, "oh crap." And that means you usually get by essentials at Nintendo, but it does. Anyway, Germany and mustaches aside, <laughs> what what draws you to the greedy pervert Wario? Well, I, like, I like looking at him. I, I don't know about you, but it kind of intrigues me that not only do you get the option to go. Mario, but you can also go the baddie as well. You can go a, a, an evil version of yourself. See, I, I, I've got to admit, right, Wario was on the first draft of my list as well. So Wario, although he's a baddie sometimes, he's not an outright wronging. He's aye. usually more a bit of mischief, which can be fun at a pub sometimes. It, it, aye, it reminds me of a few of my mates. Like, they're, they're <laughs> greedy. Like, they'll get something and they'll just not share it. Could be like a packet of crisps. They'll not share, no give you a, a steam after push. You'll never see them at a bar, and they just sort of like bottle everything up and just kind of. They've always got like a speed pile in front of them that they're trying to protect almost. I quite like that about them because I reckon the reason why I take my pub, you know, in Scotland, part of your humour is what is the mafia we call it busting each other's balls. Well, we like to rip kind of shreds off each other in good in good faith. He's a pattern merchant, like, um, like the reason I picked Kazooie. 
Ah, yeah, exactly. But um, I think that he, it, he, he might be a bit easy to wind up. Ah, uh, right. Could... Oh, right. So you're, you're bringing him as a target rather than as the, the bringer of power. I think you could get a rise at him. Aye. <laughs> you know, because he's not pure of heart, it's fair game, you know. But he would, he's a he's a wee cunt, isn't he? Like it just, he's not inherently bad, but you're not getting anything off him. He's just, it has, he's keeping his powder dry. He's like a type of guy who's, you know he's deep down he's alright, but sometimes Aye. he might say something, sh- oh, I read, I read this thing on Twitter that says all oh, refugees are taking the jobs, then you go, fucking shut up. But I think that you could easily just like, start a pure hilarious game if somebody steals his hat, and then you could just put a piggy in the middle of his hat, <laughs> and he'd be running about like a fucking bowling ball trying to get it off you. So you want to bring Wario to the pub to bully him? Not bully him. Just a trick. Bam him. <laughs> bam him up for his sins, essentially. I'm in here. This is a this is a good pick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bring my own tell where you want to pub with it. It's He's also um, kind of famous for having smelly pubs, <laughs> especially. <laughs> Remember Legends, right? Let's just picture Legends, man. Right, where um, yes. uh, Cheers used to be. That was a smelly pub. Everybody looked at that oh, and thought, that's a pa- smelly pub. Right? Paint, paint the scene for Leo. Paint well, a picture of the words. Yes, I'm a virgin. I'm it's kind of like, um, imagine imagine a toilet that's been repurposed but not disinfected and a bar <laughs> been put in it. <laughs> and uh, I think that Mario's poor hygiene because he grunts and, and all that stuff that could be interpreted as a fart. And he came up, there's pictures here where he's eating like garlic and that. And garlic is his power up. Garlic is like his, his spinach if he was Popeye. He's always got his finger up his big red beak and all that. And, um, that's a, um, I think he's fit a in, bastard. I think he'd fit in with poor hygiene um, that you know, is quite famous for in pubs. I, I would say that I resent that. <laughs> I don't think he's famous for poor hygiene. But I'll take your point. Just the pubs. We're maybe not the ones nowadays, but 90s and previous to that. Uh, but I also say that Wario doesn't need an invited to a pub because going by the brightness of that beak, the bright red beak, he's already been in a few pubs. <laughs> and maybe he's drinking at home. That's true, he's no stranger. So he's never out. That's drink, how he's always needing money. <laughs> if he's drinking at home all the time, I think it would be good for him to come out, sit with a few of his pals, you know, take a bit of a tanking, but, you know, get a wee night out now and again. And, Maybe try and change him, man. I mean, maybe a wee bit of light-hearted banter will kind of get my turn around away from his treasure and kind of open up a wee bit, you know. Aye. He could show some of his tricks, his wee dash and all that, and um, he could maybe bring some of the things in where he changes shape and all that. And it'd be funny to watch him like, bouncing like a mask off the roof and all that as a, a spinning tap spring. And... I've got to admit, right, as, as greedy and sort of a bad person Wario is, Still bringing him to the pub ahead of Mario, 100%. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Aye, he, no plus, his tunes are good as well. Aye, all that kind if, of... there's a, if there's a lull in the conversation, he can come up with, like, fun games for you to play. Aye, aye, aye. A master he, of a master He of have games, a fucking aye. couple of beer mats and a piece of paper and make you a cracker wee minigame. Aye, yeah, I, exactly. do, I do think, uh, one thing that worries me, man, and uh, this is why I was thinking about not putting him on it, I do worry about him and puggies. I don't worry about him. That treasure will not last very long, man, because I reckon you go for a push, everybody watch Wario, make sure he doesn't go to a fucking machine, <laughs> and I reckon within two seconds he'd be over there, um, every penny in the machine, and then he'd be fucking pissed off, and you need to take him up the road, not. 
fucking Waluigi goes up next and it pays out and he tries to beat him to death and that. Like. Aye, that's pretty much it. I'm just my third pick, aye. Well, Andy, go ahead and give your second as well. Next one. Um, I don't like to see anybody left out in life, right? Especially people that once had like, big dreams, big promises. Like, you know, you've got Rick Astley, Chesney Hawks, Gary Barlow in the 90s, when they were all promised these huge big dreams but never came to fruition. Well, Rob the Robot for Gyramite kind of uh, ticks that box on me. And they, Rob, thought, they thought when they were making them that he was going to be the next big king. Next big king. So, Rob the Robot was a peripheral. He basically got a robot that would interact, would use the, the second pad to interact um, with like, tangible pieces, blocks and things like that. So you could play on the screen and, and that would reflect what you were doing in real life, essentially. So you had a game called... Um, Gyramite, which right. was piling donuts on top of each other or like circle things on top of each other. Not very great. Not quite boring, I would say. But it was at a time you're playing with a robot companion beside you. You had a wee bit of personality and all that. Aye. One thing that really got me about Rob was I'm a big fan of the film Short Circuit, you know. Mm. Uh, John F. Five. Right? Everybody loves John F. Five, don't you? Andy, in the 80s. Who didn't fucking love a robot? I mean, Rocky Four when that robot comes out for Polly, forget about it. It's like one of the best bits. Aye, aye, but um, Johnny Five, <laughs> yeah. Johnny Five is such an endearing guy to me, and he always kind of captured along with films like um, Last Starfighter, Never Ending Story, Short Circuit was one of the films that would come on, um, and a Sunday. And it brightened up many a Sunday before the, the Antiques Roadshow and Songs of um, Praise came on. And it was nearly time for bed to get back to school again. London's burning and that. Aye, th- this, makes me ch- this makes me smile. It was like a wee robot from my past. And what I would really want to take me above for is what I found about people who had all the world in their, their hands or their mechanically operated claws and then lost it. They'll usually have just such an insight. Whether it's misguided or not, you've got a good conversation with them because they've been jaded by the world. Uh, what what happens is one of two things, right? You either get bitter or you become wise. And I think I've got to admit, Rob the Robot's going to become wise. Aye. I mean, he's timeless. I mean, the one thing the one thing that's going to enrage Rob the Robot is, in the 80s, it was a big peripheral. This is the thing to have. You need a Rob the Robot in your life, kids. Right? If you've got a Nintendo Entertainment System... You need to get a Rob the Robot, right? In 2023, like 40 years later, if you sell a Rob the Robot on eBay, you're talking hundreds of pounds, maybe even thousands, right? Aye. But Rob the Robot doesn't see any of it. So I'd imagine... It's a signal. Aye. So I'd imagine this is what it's like to be like, a member of S Club 7 or something along them lines where everybody's making money, half you except you. And I'd like to buy him a pint for that. I'd like Aye. to say, look, the world's not all bad. Rob... What you having? Sit down, man. Sit with me, Mario, and, and Mikey. Full <laughs> <laughs> we'll of a beer and talk about it. You've you've got a couple of sort of washed up, jaded figures for the eighties with Mike Tyson and Rob the Robot at the table. Aye. But <laughs> yeah, pattern emerging. It's just really sad because you watch um, the the old car, the old adverts for eighties about Rob the Robot and. It's these um, young kids um, all loving Robert Robot and there's like big close-ups of his face and all that for, for underneath him. It makes him look like supreme and the man and all that. And then now, he just, he's kind of a figure of ridicule almost, isn't he? 
I mean, um, Wario did have the Robbie Robot game in it, but apart from that, he's kind of he's looked at it as a, a joke figure, isn't he? And I think that's I resent that a wee bit, um, and I'd like to take him for a pint. The thing is, though, the reason why he failed is because they tried to do something well before the capabilities were out of date. Same thing as sort of 3D glasses in the 80s and stuff. It was shite, man. He had he, when you looked at him, when you actually got him, you see, you know, the art, like the adverts that said, Rob can do this, Rob can do that, Rob is a, the man, but when you get him, it's just, you've got to point his head at a telly a certain way and you can't move, <laughs> and he's got, he gets the flashes off a telly, and in the games they're like putting bricks on each other, when you've got Lego sitting next to you, you know, and you're sitting with a wee fucking stupid thing, it didn't work. This is, this is bringing your grand out of the pub, he's going to be just... <laughs> Telling fucking stories that don't go anywhere and getting all confused and that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Rob, I'll get you a pint of heavy. So I'll tell him to turn the music down. But he he was brought into creation. He didn't ask to be here, you know. He was brought into creation for this one purpose, and Nintendo went him down. You know, he's 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 considered in the bin with the emulators and that. You know, Leo, come in and gauge your number two. My number two. So I've been. Going back and forth on this one, so I'll just give you my thought process because I might be cheating slightly. But my number two, my initial choice for number two is um, Soda Popinski from the Punch Out games. Ah, but, or Vodka Drunkensky. So yeah, formerly known as Vodka Drunkensky, Soda <laughs> Popinski is the the Russian boxer from the Punch Out games. He seems like a jolly guy. I like all of his voice lines. He's, he's, he, he he really gets into boxing. He wants to win, but all he just seems like a nice guy. He's the only cast member in the entire Punch-Out! series who drinks during a match, and canonically he does drink... He's drinking soda pop. Aye. And in at least one of the games, he's drinking a special scientifically formulated soda pop that makes him better at fighting. But so he is, he is teetotal, which obviously is... You know, maybe a questionable choice for bringing someone to the pub. But I imagine he seems like he enjoys drinking soda pop so much that I don't think he necessarily minds, especially <laughs> if he's got his special science soda. He, um, My initial thought was that it might be quite useful that he doesn't drink because he could be a designated driver. But it turns out he actually has a dialogue line in the games where he says he can't drive. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so he couldn't do that but he could still do the same thing as as what we we're talking about with Isabel kind of he could look after you a bit if you were getting too pissed um if you were kind of falling about he could make sure that you were okay and that you got home all right and i imagine that he would have quite some quite good stories to tell as well in the same way as mike tyson from his extensive boxing career one thing i did think about though and this was the roadblock i got with soda is that although he seems to me to be by far the most fun punch-out character socially he did as we mentioned earlier on used to be named vodka drunkensky and he did used to drink alcohol in the in the ring during his during before and after his matches until uh, that was changed in later releases which yeah. leads me to wonder that given that he has given up drinking to such an extent that he's changed his name about it it does make me concerned that he might actually have quite a difficult history in relationship with alcohol yeah maybe soda popinski's in recovery exactly yeah so taking him to the pub might be a bit <laughs> insensitive yeah um so i said that if if we would have to ask him beforehand if he was all right with it and if he said thanks lads but i'm gonna sit this one out then i would take gabby J because i like the way he says yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> also gabby J. 
a lot of humility. He's not going to take the huff if you beat him at pool. Exactly. He's he's, he's lost all his life. Yeah, he never give, he never gives up, but he also never wins. So he, he's the perfect guy to play. Yeah, pool darts. Anything against, he's always up for it. I'm going to come in and give my number two. We are going for similar to Leo going for Slippy. I'm coming in with an intellectual here. And this is Mr. Saturn. Mr. Saturn is a bit also like Yoshi uh, that Andy brought up for his number five. Mr. Saturn is a race of genderless aliens mm. from Earthbound. Ah, okay. And they're all called Mr. Saturn. Aye, aye, that's right. They live in a utopia, and they speak in this kind of distinct, distinctive font, but also they are very intelligent and compassionate creatures, and they possibly come from space. I, um... Mr. Saturn helps Doctor and Donuts invent the time machine at the end of Earthbound. So I think Mr. Saturn's basically just going to be a fountain of knowledge. Any topic you're discussing in the pub, they're going to be able to weigh in and give to... Do you know, Mr. Saturn could probably tell you who won the Scottish Cup in 1926. <laughs> just don't ask him to write it down. For him to be interested, it was Celtic, the beat East 5-3-1. <laughs> <laughs> also, when you visit Saturn Village, which is the utopian home of the Mr. Saturns, they give you mushy tea. So possibly if you get an afters or whatever, Aye. you could go back to Mr. Saturns and everybody trip their nut. Also, it's just quite a fucking cute, lovable wee thing. They've got these big noses. They all wear a bow. Would, would they not make you wait about on them too long? Because I remember in, in Airspoon, there's a bit with Mr. Saturn, and he makes you wait at a waterfall. And pure makes you hang about for ages. That's pure. to get into Master Belch's cave, isn't it? Oh, I, is that in the day with them? Because um, if you're choking for a bevy, you know, the last thing you might be doing is cutting about in the piss of rain. That, I think, is Belchy. I think ah, that's a failsafe right. he's got for his for his underlings. Right. So that's where the, the Mr. Saturns have actually been captured and enslaved to work in the Fly Honey Factory ah. for Belchie. Um Belchy, by the way, terrible at the pub. Um I would not invite <laughs> him. Um Fly Honey is a bar snack, forget about Aye, it. he'd eat away pick with eggs and all that. I've just Aye. I've just looked up the Mr. Saturn because I wasn't familiar and absolutely that having that guy Round there, yeah. round the pub's going to be great. <laughs> they're great wee things. Um, they're in Mother 3 as well. They've, they've kind of become the mascot of like the Earthbound series. Leo, why don't you come and engage your number one? Right, okay. So my number one, I'm going to try something here that might be horrible for you making the edit, and I apologise, but I think it's worth a try. So my number one is Funky Kong. Ah. So this is this is slightly cheating because Funky Kong is not technically a Nintendo character in the sense that he wasn't developed by Nintendo, but he has been published exclusively by Nintendo and he is of a blood relative of a Nintendo character. So I decided that that he counted for the purposes of this conversation. It sounded a lot like Prince Fleecewaltle for Parappa the Rapper. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't actually know if that video was even official. I just typed in <laughs> Funky, Kong so- Funky Kong song and that was what came up. <laughs> what, what Kong game is Funky Kong from? Funky Kong has been in the Donkey Kong Country series since its inception. Hmm. He's in Donkey Kong Country. Usually he's in charge of the plane that jets you about to different, so you can sort of fast travel around 
the map to different levels. But I believe he's also playable in Donkey Kong 64. Oh no, he runs the weapon shop in 64. He does wear sunglasses, oh, yeah. You better fuck it. He's got a bandana as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cut off denim shorts. Yeah, that's... <laughs> tell you something about Funky Kong, by the way. This guy fucks. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Aye, great, I like him. I like him. He's yeah, got a bit of an intent about him. To be honest, I don't even have much to say about him. I just I just I just <laughs> want him there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even to be seen drinking with this guy, yeah. it's gonna bring your group's street cred up a fucking considerable. Hundred hundred percent. He also runs an airline, so theoretically he could just like jet you off to a bar in, you know, San Jose or or Venice or wherever you want him to go. He could he could jet his all off there, cocktails on the plane. This guy could nah. this guy could single handedly kick off like, a second wave of the bandana craze, man. <laughs> the bandana craze was one of the strangest things that happened when we were children. <laughs> I, just, I still can't quite understand it. <laughs> I had a, ban- a bandana that had the Jamaica flag on it that I wore probably for like a couple of weeks, kicking about the tune. Well, that wee woman made a fortune because she sold them, plus she sold the other, the, 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 the one, I don't know if um, any of your sisters got them, Mick, but my wee sister, she, she got these hairbands with like, um, her name spelled on them, with gel, with a gel glue. And I vaguely remember this, this. This woman was a genius. <laughs> this old woman, I'm telling you. Funky Kong, aye. I, I'm, I'm here for him. Probably in a... Pina coladas, you know, monkeys drinking out of coconuts. I would, things I would like have that. thought so. I reckon as well that he probably knows the recipes for a few cocktails that we've never heard of. That, he could, uh, that he could sort of t- tell the bar staff how to how to whip up. He definitely smokes as well. <laughs> oh, I. So if that was if that was you know on the agenda for the night, he could sort you out. And he seems to be especially him as a softball here. I can see from. What looks like he's surfing he a bit, and what looks yeah, like Sonic Adventure. He like to surf. I think he likes quite a few extreme sports. He's um, he's got a bit of the putchy about him for the Simpsons. He does <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> you know, annoying, like in your face, like throwing too many things into the one characters. Yeah. And in, in retrospect, I quite like Pucci. I, I was a fan of Pucci, to be honest. I, 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 whenever he wasn't on screen, I was asking, "Where's Pucci?" Yeah, uh, which would be like if, if Funky Kong disappeared, people would be like, "What's Funky, Where's Funky Kong? Kong?" Another thing I, I forgot to mention actually with this with Isabel, but it's more relevant here is that uh, Funky Kong and Isabel originally, I think, more of my people aligned with this, but Funky Kong likes music. There's a definite musical aspect to his character, uh, and Isabel is seen in certain scenes in some of the Animal Crossing songs singing karaoke. So I think that I think they'd be a good a good pair to kind of get everyone in the mood if, if karaoke were to happen. Aye. They can go up and date islands in the stream together. Or <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yes. Andy, do you, do you want to take your number one next? Do you, or do you want me to take it and then you, you close us out? Um, you've got a good one. You've got a, you've got a showstopper. So I'll just go with mine right. first and then you can go with your, your cracker, right? Because I know who it is and I'm not saying. Right, so mine's is, again, we're revisiting the... The Star Fox series. Now, today, when this was mentioned that we were doing this today, I had five characters for the Star Fox series, right? Because Lila Wars is my, <laughs> my favourite game ever. Essentially, one of them anyway. One of, like, three. And this often goes to number one. I love this fucking game. One of particular highlights for me is the bit when you meet your counterparts. So you go Fox McCloud and you meet other equals to you that have their own squadrons. Aye. So, my favourite... For those is Bill Gray. Bill Gray, who is a dog 
who is leader of the Husky and Bulldog squadrons in the Carnelian army and he is tasked with defending Katina which is um, a big planet in the in the, what's it called the, the Islet system you get a big Independence Day style Aye. like it's a, a freestyle battle where you, you just Aye. fly around the one arena I can't is it all range mode all range mode so, Aye. Aye, so Starwing a Star Fox um, originally was an on rails um, 3D shooter which kind of like Space Harrier uh, Trans of Dragoon where you just go into the screen and you just shoot choreographed waves of enemies while it was changed it up a wee bit where it still had that 90% of the game was that but you had these all range mode parts of the game where you were in a 360 arena and you had 360 movement and it became like a dog fighting game ah it was just a big battle though yeah, yeah. Back, back in 1997 it was I mean having a dog fight like a proper dog fight it was it was, a, it was a, you could do it in other games but with a Star Fox 64 engine, it was just amazing, man. And as you said, Independence Day was out at the time, and that bit when they're all fucking shooting each other, and it's like aliens versus the humans, you just replay that, and it's made even better by, um, in, in the Star Fox games, um, a major part of the story is that you communicate by wee text boxes coming up at the bottom, um, and it's just part of flowing, come back and forth, and you just vlog they chat to each other in their, for their cockpits. Aye. You know, if you accidentally shoot Falco, he says, hey, Einstein, I'm on your side, Aye. and stuff like that. That that nowadays feels really just normal and, and, and expected, but I remember it, that was, at the time, was like, that felt really exciting. Like, it really felt like there was... These Aye. Other, they, they were reacting to what was going on. Aye, Aye. You, were, you were in this world, and um, I, it was like a... It took the bits of the GRPGs that were dynamic, um, like the, the most dynamic part of that is the storytelling, and it Aye. placed it into a 3D shooter. So this, is, this is part of the reason I guess Bill would be your pick, because Aye. you don't really get, like, there's no opening crawl that says Bill saved Fox's life Aye. in fucking 1982 or whatever, but when Bill shows up, they all go, Oh, it's Bill! Aye. It's like the best guy ever just showed up. Like this. So Bill gets a hero's welcome. He comes in, he goes, Oh, yes, that's the day saved, lads. Might as well down tools. There's a Star Fox team approaching that. And he just goes, Ah, oh, how you doing that? And he's have a wee conversation. He's a blue fuck out aliens. It's life or death. But he still wants to have a wee chin wag with you and see what you're up to in that. And, um, he's got old comrade in arms, isn't he? Ah, he's brilliant. And um, he, he's got that kind of draw that kind of California surfer draw like um, <laughs> Jeff Spicoli of uh, Fast Times for Regiment High <laughs> or um, Bill and Ted Keanu Reeves' character Aye. he's got that kind of cool weird black king and like, he obviously smokes weed in that and he's just uh, he's cool as fuck but see now am I right in saying after the big dog fight Independence Day level and the next stage there's a bit where things get quite hairy and then who flies in but fucking Bill Aye. back you up once again. That's it. Bill, you save his ass, right? But Bill Aye. Gray will never leave you hanging. But Bill Gray, if he if somebody does something for him, you know, his uh, moral compass says, right, cool man, he's fucking sound. I'm going to go and help him out. So, I when you're in the solar, which is the, the sun level, Bill will come and go, ah, oh, Fox, how you doing? Fancy meeting you here, man. Bam, bam, bam. The two of are just blowing things up together. It's magic. It's fucking class. He's what a yeah. guy. 
it, when you keep calling him Bill Gray, it just sounds like somebody's uncle. I believe. Yeah, immediately, I can, I can, I can see what he looks like. It's a, it's actually a reference to uh, a character in Independence Day, General William Gray. You know what we guys meant on it. It's probably the best character in the whole And he ends up just driving a kamikaze to end it. Right into the alien warship, remember? Aye. Him. Or the, the kind of drunk guy, he's a crop duster Aye. pilot or something. Yeah, I, I know the one. He, he was the right stuff at one point, but now he's just washed up. Aye. But Aye. Um, that's neither by the way. Uh, Bill Gray is a fucking legend, man. And um, he's been good friends with Fox McLeod. He didn't want, he's not a violent guy, Bill, but Fox convinced him to join the Canadian Flight Academy. Bill was always there. I mean, Falco was an arsehole, you know. Um, it was always Fox and Falco neck and neck in the academy, and Bill was the kind of cunt that went like Fox. Never mind that fucking cunt, man. You're an ace pilot, man. You're you're top gun, and you're going to run your own team one day. That guy's never going to run his own team. He just doesn't have what it takes. Me and you, Aye. Bill and Fox, we have, man. So, Fox was always always had a, somebody to talk to, you know, and Bill and. I reckon um, it would just be the two of them. The two of them, I don't think the two of them would go to a pub without each other. You know, so Aye. if I'm channeling Fox here, then I wouldn't go to a pub without Bill Gray, to be honest with you. So it'd be a, it'd be a non-starter to even think about going to a pub without him for me. It's it's really coming across here that you want to have a pint with Bill. Uh, <laughs> 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 Aye. Um, but um, I, the only thing I wish is that his character is a bit more developed, because I've interpreted a lot of this is interpretation on my part. Um, well, that, I mean, but, that just speaks to the strength of the character, though, that you're able to imagine this much. Aye, <laughs> aye. That's it. It's not exposition sometimes does characters injustice, aye, a lot, most of the time. So it's good It's good in a way that Bill Gray is left kind of open to interpretation and it's a bit grey as to what his traits are because right. <laughs> it, it gives you all the kind of fundamental parts to make a great character in your own head. You don't get told that much about him, as I say, but... You fill in the blanks yourself, and you—he's memorable. Like I, I can't remember all the other fucking wee guys that drop in during the playthrough of Lilac Wars, but you never forget Bill. Aye, and he's much better than Cat. Cat's pish, and I'm not saying that because I'm sexist. I'm saying that because she's <laughs> shite. <laughs> Aye, <laughs> pretty much. There we go. That's me get my dream team in. Some night that would be ya. Uh, so. Aye, I'm gonna come in with my number one. No, this is a character who has featured on the podcast before. The Majora's Mask, if he's cast your mind back to that episode, we had something of a working class hero. A man who was so dedicated to keeping his post schedule on point that he ended up getting trapped in this Kafkaesque nightmare <laughs> where he was still delivering letters when the moon was crashing into the earth <laughs> and like greeting in that because he, he didn't know what to do because he, he had to keep making sure people got his letters. <laughs> Now, you might think, why why would you bring him to the pub? That's It sounds like a very troubled man. Um, <laughs> but what I would say is, the post he needs a night out, I want the feel-good factor of saying, here you, put that bag of letters down and fucking come out. You need a, a pint. You need a night out with your pals. And I, I just want to game that. I want to see, in Majora's Mask, when you finally resolve that quest, and you take over the postal route, and he gets to flee out of the town, the smile on his face, I want to see that. I want to see, he's going to come in, he's going to be wound up, right? He's going to be saying, 
we've not got the pay rise we wanted fucking going out with the CWU and strike again the more of these fucking bastards mate um, there's no better post day in the land I work myself to death for these people you go I know I know post day but just you know have a good night and that but once you've plied them with a couple of pints KK Sliders playing the tunes <laughs> fucking creds going try this mate this is a cracking pint <laughs> you know Kazooie's hitting out with the patter I think eventually you're going to get a smile at them and you're going to get some laughter and that's going to bring everybody up because they're going to feel like if Posty needed a night man and we've gave them one yeah it gives the whole the whole being in the pub experience a kind of different level of purpose that you know, everyone can be united in to, to feel like they've done something good for, for someone that deserves it and also I just love him um, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's the greatest, aye, he's good, greatest Zelda character ever made he is good but I there you go I couldn't not have first party Nintendo characters and get the posty in there. I'm going to sh- shoehorn them into as many things as possible. <laughs> up, up the posties by the way. Um, thank, thank you for your service lads. And I would never say that to somebody who's in the army. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly I'm going to read you out McCormick's. Yes. McCormick coming in at number five with Princess Zelda. Resourceful, full of heart. We'll plan the whole evening make sure everybody gets a taxi home. Kind of your, your Isabel vibes, similar to that with, with the bold Zelda. This one has actually made me jealous and think, okay, I wish I'd picked him. Mm. Uh, he's, gone, he's gone for Meowth for Pokemon. Mm. Just ah, pa- as, as far as Nintendo partner merchants go, I, I you're mean, not going to get you're not getting better. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I would possibly drop Kazooie for Meowth if I, <laughs> <laughs> if I got to redo this. Sorry, Kazooie. This one, I wasn't sure because it's a child. Jeff for Earthbound. You know the wee, the wee specky guy? It's the, oh, the gadget yeah. expert. He says, can probably have a pure in-depth chat about quantum mechanics or grand strategy games or something with them. Which, uh, for me, is pub poison. But there you go. It's, <laughs> it's McCormick's night out after all. <laughs> this one I like because he's a... I don't know, he's a, he's a Nintendo character with a bit of star quality. I think we all quite like him. Uh, Shy Guy for Mario. Ooh, you know, those wee mask okay, yeah. so He's a bit quiet, but you know he's going to hit out with the occasional cracker. He's mostly just going to listen to other people, but maybe have a couple of zingers himself. And I think I can see that. And then um, his number one is also for Majora's Mask, and that is uh, Skull Kid. The kind of main baddie, yeah. but he's not really got evil in his heart. It's more the mask. Um, you've never got a dull moment with Skull Kid, Max says. He's right, he's always making mischief, playing jokes. But yeah, there we go. I think these are solid pub crews. I think you would have a good night out with any of these. Aye. Yeah, these, it's all it's all good. I mean, you put them all together, got a 20-person squad going, this would be quite an event, I think. I think some of the groups might end up fighting. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, I would be keeping an eye on Tyson anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Leo, thank you very much for subbing in on this uh, strange wee episode. Thank you for having me. This is good fun. It, it was good fun to record, and I always worry about these ones where is this going to be well more fun to record than it is to listen back to? But who knows? Time will tell. <laughs> you, can, you can let us know, listener. But aye, Andy, you, get, you want to close us out? Fucking hell, um, I'll just go with the last one. I'll go faster, faster, cheesy, cheesy pasta. Up the workers for me and Leo. Thank you, Neddy, but your pints are in another castle. Whee! <laughs> <laughs>